Hi guys, welcome back. It's your favorite podcast girl, Wemi. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year because the last time I recorded any episode was in November. So, Happy New Year, guys. And I pray that 2022 is going to be an amazing year for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Thank you for 2021. I started my podcast in 2021 for my very loyal listeners, for people that listen once in a while. Regardless, I just want to say thank you for everyone that has supported me, that listens to my episodes, that shares the link. Thank you so much. And I hope to bring more amazing content for you guys this year. Okay, so when thinking of the first topic for this day, I thought of doing something along the lines of plan, how to plan your year or stuff like that. But there was a particular topic I was supposed to do last year that the Lord laid in my heart that I kept on delaying and putting off. So I'm just like, you know what, let's start with that. And it's not a topic, so to say. So I listened to um, a sermon by Apostle Joshua Selman. He's an amazing preacher. In case you don't know it, you don't know him. You can check online for his sermons. You cannot listen to his sermons and your life will not change. I don't know how. I just don't know how. So you should actually listen to his sermons. He's a great preacher. So I listened to one of his particular sermons. The title was Awake Thou That Sleepest. The sermon was so amazing to the point that before I finished, I had to start sharing the link to people on WhatsApp. Like, you guys really need to listen to this. So from the notes I made from that sermon, I just want to share a few things because I'm like, I can't keep all this. I know some, some people do not listen to it and not everybody that listens to me on my podcast is on my WhatsApp, obviously. So I'm like, I actually really need to share this on every platform that I have. I mean, that's the aim for every platform you have. Use it to sell God, use it to sell, use it to talk about the gospel. So, um, from my notes, I'll just like to pinpoint a few things that struck me in this particular teaching. Okay, so he first started with talking about how life was in um life is in transitions, so you go from childhood to teenagehood to adulthood in as much as you grow older, it does not necessarily mean that for some people. When you were a child, you talked like a child, you acted like a child. There are so many things you could get away with as a child. There are so many things you can't get away with now if you do them now as an adult. But the point he was trying to make was some people grow age-wise, but their minds do not grow. They do not mentally transition from as a child, I have to be overly dependent on my parents to now that I'm an adult, I cannot be totally dependent on the same people that I've been dependent on this past few years. And we need to understand that life is in phases. Life, life, it changes. It doesn't wait for you. I think sometimes as believers, we tend to just hope and wish things into reality without actually putting in the work so this this is something that doesn't even affect that affects just it affects everybody actually it's a a common thing that we see all around how some people grow and you're like how can you be making this kind of statement you are supposed to be a grown person like how just how 
another point he also noted was another point I noted from the sermon was all your problems are not demonic. I cannot but scream this. Not a, we we've probably given it a new name now. It's not demonic. It's village people. Not everything is your village people. In some cases, you are your village people. You are the one stressing yourself. You are the one stopping yourself from doing great things. You are the problem. You are the root cause of your problem. And sometimes I believe, as like I said, we we, we tend to absolve ourselves of responsibilities, of taking responsibilities from some certain things and just push it to the next available thing that we can blame that cannot actually speak up. You blame it on a demon. A demon cannot actually speak up. I say, no, it's not me. It's your laziness that is stopping you. It's not me. I did not do anything. So... You need to start taking responsibility. I did this thing. This is a fallout of my decision, a wrong decision I made. I should deal with this. I should deal with this. Also, another point. Christians are way too comfortable being average. And this doesn't even only transfer to our spiritual life. It transfers to everything. Now, let me start from spiritual life. You've given your life to Christ. The same way you were five years ago when you gave your life to Christ is the same way. You've not grown. There's no there's no evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. No gift. Nothing. There's nothing that can even signify that this person is actually a believer. It's the same. Not Now, I was about to say, but I'm still going to mention, it's the same way you used to pray when you were five years ago. It's the same way you pray now. There are some prayers that you were praying five years ago that you prayed out of ignorance, but God understood that this child is praying from a place of understanding. This is where his understanding stops on this on this particular matter. So it's okay, it's fine. In five years' time, there's there's you're you're expected to have grown. Your understanding should have risen concerning some certain things. You cannot still be addressing issues the same way. So, like I said, Christians are just comfortable being everything. As long as I do enough to not get into hellfire, I think I'm fine. And by the way, it's not by virtue of what you do. As long as I do enough, I'm fine. Um, going extra, like trying to use two different Bible versions. I'm not saying all these things make you make one believer better than the other. But if you're truly passionate about something, it shows you go all the way out for that particular thing. So in as much as it is not a pointer to this person is more grown than this person, but it's a pointer to the fact that this person, this other person obviously seems like he wants to grow compared to the other person who is just fine being average. As long as I do enough to get by, let me also go to our day-to-day lives and our careers. As long as I do enough to get by, as long as I do enough to just go to school, I'm fine. No taking extra skills, no learning soft skills, people skills. There's so many skills these days that your BSc cannot even get you. There are so many jobs that you need skills for. Skills that you were not taught in school, but as, as, as Christians, God will do them, God will do them. God will do them, but you need to put in the work. It's what you put in the work into that he's going to multiply. That's what people really need to understand. This is what people really need to understand. So you cannot afford to be average. You're not made to be average. As Christians, we're not even supposed to be average because we have an upper hand. We have the help of the Holy Spirit. This thing is seeming hard for you to understand. You call the Holy Spirit into it. Oh, this thing is looking hard for me. But I know there's nothing so hard for you. Teach me. The earlier 
you begin to see that you have an upper hand and you should use it. And that even boils down to even knowing who you are, knowing what you have. The earlier you begin to use your upper hand, the better. Also, another point to note, your success depends on you and on God. On God mainly and also on you. You cannot sleep in your bed all day and be praying and say, God, provide for me. But you lay in bed and sleep all day. The Bible, there are so many Bible verses on diligence, on hard work. The Bible definitely doesn't support laziness. So you cannot be lazy and expect that manna will fall from heaven. Nope. You got to put in the work. And there are five pointers to how successful you are in your entire lifetime, in your family. How's your family life? How's your spiritual life? Your associations, such relationship with people. What kind of people do you keep? These are all pointers to success, not just your money, not just what you have, not just your wealth, career and wealth. So I mentioned five family, spiritual association slash relationships, career, and wealth. Lastly, there was also the parts, coming to the part I really liked in the sermon. It says, why do people end up being failures and mediocres in life? I should go forth into this new year. I would really advise that you listen to this sermon, because like I said, this is just like me dictating my notes from the sermon to you i really advise that you listen to it this podcast has an instagram page so you can always send me a dm if you need the sermon or you can look for it by yourself it's the name is awake thou that sleepest by apostle joshua selman ajs so or you can if you have my number you can always send me a message and i can send it to you why do people end up being failures and mediocres in life? Mindset. Oh, gosh. Mindset is a big stumbling block. Like a very, very, very big stumbling block. Your your perception towards some certain things. How and under its false dependency mentality. There's, let's go back to mindset. Mindset matters a lot. How you view some certain things. And there are so many things that shape your mindset over time. Your culture. Your family. The place you grew up. These are all things that can shape your mindset. About some concerning some certain things. Like if you grew up in a culture where. Probably as a woman you are told that. You are not supposed to work. A man is supposed to provide for you all your life. Growing up, when you pray, you will not pray, God, provide for me as a woman. Your prayer will be, God, provide for a man so he can provide for me. So it's even even as a believer, yeah, your mindset still affects your life. It affects your spiritual life. And it is with constant study and constant fellowship with God that you can actually renew your mind you can actually renew your mind. That's what the word is help is help is supposed to help you to renew your mind. To break away from some certain mindsets that was definitely not God's plan for you. Like I said, you grew up in a, in a situation whereby you're told a man must provide for you. You're not supposed to work. 
when you want to pray, you will not say, God, provide for me. The prayer you'll be praying is, God, provide for my man so he can provide for me. You've not come to that reality that God can actually provide for you first, then provide for your man or provide for the both of you. And the both of you will take care of yourselves. But no, you believe that a man has to take care of you. So indirectly, you're, you're saying, God, provide for this man so he can... And sometimes I don't blame people because they are praying from the level of understanding. Like I said, it's how they understand these matters. But like I said, the word is there to help you. The Bible is so complete. It teaches you these things. By the time you read on diligence, you will know that you cannot just be depending on one person or depending on somewhere or or live your life with the mentality that somewhere, somewhere, somehow, when I grow up, there will be somebody that will come and take away all my life's problems and I'll dump all my life's problems on him. That person is not Jesus. Only Jesus can do that. Also, the dependency mentality. And this is common with people that had parents that always come through for them or family members growing up sometimes they eventually grow up and still expect to be overly dependent on these people i'm not saying there's a certain age at which you should stop collecting money from your parents or stop accepting some certain favors but there's a sense of responsibility that should come upon you as you grow older You cannot totally be dependent on these people that have been there for you since the very beginning. You can't work. Also, lack of mental transition. You know, you hear situation, you hear statements. I've said this statement sometimes like, "Eh, eh, so me now, like, I'll grow up. Like, I'll become somebody's wife. Like, me. Like, I will become somebody's mother. And we all joke about these things. We see memes. We see see people tweet about these kind of things. But the... It might not be that person's reality, that person's waiting, but the point is, this is somebody's reality. Some people grow, but their minds do not grow like, okay, this next stage I am comes with a certain kind of responsibility. So they, they avoid it. But the problem is, as you are growing, the world does not stop. This responsibility comes as with the age. But the fact that your mind does not grow does not stop the responsibility from coming. That's the truth. So... Inability to transition mentally, to sit down and say, okay, I actually cannot be doing this, throwing some childish tantrums when people offend me anymore. I can't be throwing things around when people offend me. I can't just totally ignore and shun off someone because the person offended me. There are so many things that you just, there are some certain stages you get to. I think I call it epiphany that, you get to you have to sit down and tell yourself, no, I'm, no, I'm growing up. I can't be doing some certain things anymore. These things, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't be making decisions like this. I can't just be making wrong choices like this. Also, another one under why do people end up being failures and mediocre in life? The false comfort that comes from generalizing failure. Oh my God. And this starts from small. It starts from class where you say, if Peter in our class can fail, who am I not to fail? Because as apparently Peter is always scoring 100%, 99 over 100, 100 over 100. Me that is now an average student. Who am I to pass when Peter failed? And... I had to sit down and tell myself that I've actually done these things. Even in school, sometimes in university, 
we tend to, oh, okay, my lecturer did this. Sometimes, yes, lecturers can be very difficult. But there are sometimes I've actually told myself, okay, the fact that everybody say this course was hard. Uh, deep down, me and you, like the Holy Spirit is telling me that, okay, me and you, we both know you did not read. We both know you did not, you just, you just skimmed through your book. So you skimmed through your book and that's your results. It's very simple. They did not give you. It is what you wrote that they gave you there. This is not one of those situations where there was like hanky-panky game in the marking or anything. So we tend to, and it's even common with Nigerians, we tend to generalize failure. Like the first comfort that comes from if people that were in my family, by 25, they are not finished school, who am I to finish school? Is also related to mindsets. There's some people that think like this. I would like to share a story. I remember when I was in GS3, I and my friends in class were talking about when I finished school, and one of them said when she finishes school at 16, probably she'll get she'll get admission by the age of 19. And I'm like, why? She was like, no, that's the way it's supposed to be now. It takes you like two or three years to enter school. I used to think it was like that before until I watched my elder brother enter school immediately finished from secondary school. I because for every other person I had seen before my brother, they there was actually always delay. So at that point I had to tell them in class. I remember I was in jest. I was like, no, it's a lie. You can actually get into school immediately finish. Like it's a lie. Ooh. I'm like my brother. And they're like, eh, really? Which school? Maybe it's private. I said, no, it's public school, you lag. And they're like, really? And it that that incident will forever stick with me. What you see around you has a lot in shaping your mindsets. And like I said, it's still also related to the false comfort that comes from generalizing failure. So for that person that believes that she cannot enter school at, he or she cannot enter school at age 16 or 17, any jam they're writing at age 17, 18, they're probably not even going to put their mind to it and come, and come out and say, jam, jam me. We do know that the system can be very, for people that are not, Nigerians, JAM is an exam, it's an entrance exam that high school students write before they enter college. So it's a general exam, everybody has to write it. So that kind of person, if the person feels at 17, the person won't feel bad because, well, he's actually supposed to be 18 or 19, so I'm, I'm still on good standing. And it's, it, and it's like that. We see statements like, in my own family, we don't used to give birth before until we are 30. Or statements like, my uncles were not rich until they were like 29, 30, 32, so I cannot be. Or people in my family do their masters after they get married. So many certain things. These are just random examples that I can think of now. But whenever we generalize, generalize failure, and I'm not saying that people that do not do these things at some, at this, some certain ages are failures, no. But... The topic here is, what, the point I'm trying to prove here is, there's a false comfort we like to give ourselves when we see that, okay, everybody around you is feeling at it, so it's okay for me. Even deep down, you know that you actually do not put in maximum effort into that thing. But yes, you blame it on, since everybody's going through the same thing, it is okay for me to go through the same thing. Another one is the... Um, Entitlement mentality. Also, I like to call it delicious of grandeur. 
thinking the whole world is about you. The world is not about you. The world does not revolve around you. I think people need to start learning to realize that. You you feel you are entitled to people's time, to people's attention, to people's money, to people's love. Now, whatever I say, I like to put a balance to it. Do I feel like I owe some certain people in my life, my love, my attention, my, my time, my money? Yes. But the favor you will do yourself is not going around expecting that everybody thinks like this. I think that, that that's the word. You don't go around expecting everybody thinks like you. I know that I owe some certain people in my life these things. I even owe the random person on the street respect. Respect of if I mistakenly step on you, I should apologize and say sorry. But I will not go around the world thinking that for everybody that steps on me, the person is going to say sorry. It makes life easy for you. you, you there are some things that won't stress you. Back to what I was saying. Entitlement mentality. This person, you're my family member, so you actually owe me money. Life, people are going through a lot. And for some people that are actually not going through a lot, but they choose not to give you, you need to accept that that's the reality of life. Things like this happen. Am I not saying that when you two, you have the money, you will not choose not to give? No, especially as a believer, you cannot do that. You absolutely cannot do that. Uh, Jesus did not teach us to be like that. But you can't go around the world expecting favors from everybody simply because you are probably related to them or you feel like they owe you. They don't. And I will also like to end on this note. Thanking God for where you are. The balance between thanking God for where you are and wanting to be better. In as much as you're thanking God for where you are, don't remain there. Sometimes we tend to, oh Lord, thank you that I can. Let me start with me. There was a time I used to thank God, God, I thank you that I can pray for 30 minutes now. And I think I was in that position for like six months. On to my spiritual mentor one day, she asked me, okay, how many minutes do you pray now? I'm like, 30 minutes. Thank God I can do that now. She was like, yes, you said that six months ago. Don't you think you should have like leveled up? Me and you both know you can do better than that 30 minutes. And this is not to put you under undue pressure. Like I said, there's a balance to these things. There's a balance to these things. For each and everything I'm saying, there's a balance to it. As much as you're thankful for where you are, grow up. Try to be better. Especially when you feel God leading you that, okay, you've gotten to this stage. You can actually do better and go to the next stage. Don't just sit down in one spot. As much as you can. As much as you can. Also, finally, from my last point, result adds weight to your words. It makes you more powerful. And I'm going to say it, okay, probably as a believer, you're teaching principles of making money or something, and you don't have money. <laughs> probably to believers, they will probably listen to you. Other believers, they might listen to you out of respect. But I'm not a believer. The person is looking at you like, fam, you don't have money. Not you can't be you that is going to be teaching me principles of how to make money. So ensure in your life that you live a result-oriented life. Once again, do not then you need to find a balance between not putting yourself under undue pressure and also living a result-oriented life. If you want to have influence, you want to 
You want your words to carry weight. People actually need to see the results in your life before they can actually believe you. We're humans. We, 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 we like to see before we believe. We actually like to see before we believe. So ensure ensure that your your life is yielding results so your words can carry weights and lastly trust god trust god trust god put everything in god's hands it's you can't do all of these things on your own you absolutely cannot i i i, I remember seeing a tweet about i don't know how people do adulthood without christ i don't know how they do it though because i do i <laughs> I've tried it. It can't work. It can't work for me. I've tried it. In whatever you do, you need Christ. You really do. You really, 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 really do. Ensure that in as much as you're doing all of these things. And the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and every other thing will be added unto you. As you are seeking God, he's going to be telling you, um, Tinoke, as you're praying, the Lord is telling you, Tineke, you're saying that you want an increased salary, yeah? Why not take this course, that course that you saw advertised on IG? Why not take it? It's going to add to your portfolio. And you can also use it to push for a promotion next year. See, these are things that the Lord can tell you in prayer. People think that they, they limit God to just a certain part. God is interested in every aspect of your life. So you, as you're seeking God... All these other things that seem to stress you out, they will fall in place. In the place of prayer, God will, God will lead you. God will stir up your heart towards something. He will tell you, okay, do it this way. No, don't do it this way. So please, and please, I'm begging everybody listening. Don't try to do adulthood without Christ. <laughs> I don't know how people that do it, do it. But for me... I've been doing adulthood with Christ and it's been working for me. I'm not saying my life is perfect, but I'm grateful for where I am. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Like I said, the name of the sermon is Awake Thou That Sleepest. You should really listen to the full length of the sermon. I hope this blesses each and everyone that listens to it. Have an amazing day for whatsoever time you listen to this. Bye.